It's the RU Review, sponsored by LG Insurance. This is episode number seven. Rutgers takes on Penn State at SHI Stadium this Saturday. It's a noon kickoff. We'll get to that game, but first, what a great second half in West Lafayette. Joining me to talk about that today, the regular crew, Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And we welcome back to our show a very good friend, Rutgers Radio Color Analyst, Eric Legrand. And Eric, we'll talk football, but first let's talk about these pint glasses. So we put together uh, uh, pint glasses as sponsored by Beach House Brewery and also by LG Insurance, the sponsor of this show, and also uh, Pro Image. That He's the guy who's putting it all together. And we got uh, uh, Eric's great logo, the, fi- the 52 Believe logo on this pint glasses. And we put them out yesterday. Uh, we started with 192. Eric plugged it on. He, he uh, sent the link out. Uh, sold out within an hour. Okay, so then we put another 250 up. That sold out in like two hours. Now we're we're up to our next 250, and I mean half of them are sold out. So we we we've sold uh, over 500 glasses so far. So it's been absolutely fantastic. You can go to beachhousebeer.com and you can get the link there. And I know uh, I, I'm sure Eric that you're going to send out another uh, another uh, Instagram or, or tweet on that as well because I tell you what, it's been unbelievable support for this, Eric. Uh, it's been it's been you know amazing as we were saying before the team of grand supporters are just special you know they they come out in numbers and it's it's just it's a really it's, it's heartwarming to know that you know they see the glass and they're like wow I want that and people are just buying them and buy buy the bunches and saying this is a perfect Christmas gift for you know a stuffing stocker what do you call those again those those uh, stocking stuffer yeah stocking stuffers and all this stuff so. It's been amazing to see it, just to see how fast that they were flying off the shelf. It was just, wow, spectacular. So, yep, we'll, we'll keep it going through, you know, the while. as long as you guys want to do it throughout the month, then yeah, keep on getting them out there to the world. That's and great. You can use them to toast Rutgers' victories on the football field. <laughs> I like where your head is at. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> No question. I mean, what a what a great second half in West Lafayette. A big win over Purdue, and uh, you know it's it's just uh, uh, it's it's a testament to Shiano and and the system he's instilled here with with uh, with this team. Uh, you know, yes, a couple of uh, uh, disappointing losses there because they're so close. But just uh, just an incredible second half. And, and I got to say, you know, the first uh, episode here, I, I gave props to Johnny Langan and, 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 and Nunzio Campanelli because I'll tell you what, you know, Johnny Langan took the ball last year in an impossible situation after Chris Ash was fired. He did his job and he was as tough as nails. And then, but I didn't see this coming. I mean, this was pretty incredible. You know, that, that second half was just, it was dominating. And, uh, you know, he really took it over, almost 95 yards rushing. Uh, he had a great touchdown pass as well. He's four for four, a big touchdown pass uh, to Kron Adams. Uh, and so what do you think of his performance, Eric? I mean, I thought it was fantastic, gritty, hard nose. Put the ball in my hands. I'm going to go out there and get the job done. Old school slugger, you know, slugger not football. I love that type of stuff. The team, they, they held the possession for pretty much 10 minutes of that third quarter. And it is in the fourth quarter. That was huge. One, because it gave the defense a big rest. They needed that. They needed a rest in order to be able to go out there and play because they were getting a little bit worn down in that first half. But to see how that, that, that Purdue knew what was coming, 
it's the first time that I can see that I can say that Rutgers imposed their will on another Big Ten opponent like that. And Purdue knew what was coming and can do absolutely nothing about it. And that's what was just so impressive to me. Play after play after play, third down conversions, fourth down conversions. You put the ball in Johnny Langan's hands and he's bouncing off of guys. People didn't, they didn't want to tackle him anymore. They did not want to tackle him anymore. And I was just so happy to see them, happy for the program and happy for Johnny Langan. Along those lines, Eric, um, and pun intended lines, offensive linemen, how much um, goes into when there's a different quarterback that's that's in the huddle, uh, not only the cadence, but the, um, what they can each do. It, it, does, does the offensive line not so much block a different way, but is there a different vibe when you have, I mean, they went from Noah Vedral to Art Sitkowski <laughs> to now Taysom Hill. I mean, Johnny Langan uh, <laughs> under center. I mean, these guys, Brendan Bordner, Reggie Sutton, Nick Krim and Brian Felters, Cedrus Palliant, Samuel Vretman, give them a little love. They, they did a great job with juggling, you know, two different voices, actually three different voices over the last couple of weeks. And and as you said, in that third quarter, when they really needed to shorten the game, they moved the chains and they moved the chains. And a lot of it was run blocking. So talk about, you know, the relationship between an offensive line and the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you think about it, Ray Lucas, our, you know, our friend and colleague, he calls them the big fatties up front. They yeah. have done a tremendous job. They have, it's, they've been fantastic. You know, that was a weak part of the, of the team that we thought that might come in that you know, could be a bit of you know, things that will hold to this car nice back. But if you look at how they played, protecting whoever's back there, Noah, Johnny, or Art, they've done a pretty a pretty damn good job back there. And especially, I still go back to the Ohio State game on the allowing one sack versus that front seven. That was just, wow, that was just, just a miracle in that aspect of it. But if you look at it now, when they're running the ball, they're now learning how to work together as one in a group, and they're moving Big Ten defensive linemen off the ball and getting up to that second level. And you saw that when it was with Johnny Langan. Langan, he was getting, not getting touched until at least he was through the hole. He wasn't getting hit in the backfield. He hit all his momentum going forward as he was starting to you know, take on and absorb contact. And that's good. You got to give credit to the offensive lineman initially getting guys off of the, that ball and getting that initial knockback. That's what we always talk about, knockback. From the offensive line to the defensive line, whatever way that knockback is going, usually you say, okay, this is what type of day it's going to be. And the offensive lineman, they were getting knocked back right up, from, up front and allowing to open up holes and little spaces for the running backs and also Johnny Langan. And when you have a quarterback with three different people, you know a little bit more that, okay, I got to protect a little bit more on this pass play, or this guy's not as mobile as this one, so I might need to hold the, this block a little bit longer. The offensive lineman knew exactly what they needed to do for all three quarterbacks. And the defense for Purdue was just beaten up. And you can speak to that, not that it happened a lot while you were at Rutgers, but when that happens, you know, when you know it's coming, but you still can't stop it. Such a demoralizing effect. I was amazed. Listen, the, 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 the short pass to Karon Adams that will go down as a 64, 63-yard touchdown pass uh, was just a short pass. I was kind of surprised that Purdue didn't even jam more people in the blocks, but I guess they just had to respect a little bit of a short pass and leaving something wide open. But talk about what's going on in the head of the Purdue players as Rutgers is just picking up first down after first down, keeping that drive alive, 
and they cannot get the ball back to their offense, which at least in the first half gave Rutgers fits. But if you don't have time to do anything, I guess you're not going to have uh, you know got to have much success. So just talk about that defense and what they're thinking as Langan and company are just running wild over them. Well, I gotta get I gotta get the. Uh... Credit to you know the coaching staff on that one play with K. Ron Adams slipping out the backfield with Gleason, uh, buddy by Scott Malone, and the coaching staff on offensive sides designing plays, knowing that when Johnny Langan's in the game, defenses are pinning their ears back and coming. They think that it's going to be a run, so whether if they're run blitzing or if they're just trying to get down and make sure that they're filling their gaps. When Johnny Langan's back there, you expect run. So allowing to have K. Ron Adams slip a little bit out the backfield like that and him throw that pass, which was a perfect pass because he had to still slip it in between three guys. Mm-hmm. And there was just no, everyone over pursued to it. And then K Ron Adams just took it right up to sideline, which was amazing to see, but the play design, the play call and the just precision of actually executing that play was perfect on that. And when you have a guy that can now show that, okay, I got, I can throw the ball just a little bit. It makes the defense now have to prepare for that and prepare for that. And now you're sitting here like, Okay, they're running it or they're passing with Johnny Langer. I, I can't just come flying up now. It's going to be a run because he still could drop it over our heads. And then, as you saw in that game, the defense was just getting worn down so much. And I, as you mentioned, I have been in a game before when you just cannot stop what they're doing at you. Not too many times, thank God, but there's, there's, I'm for a game back in 09 when we played Syracuse at the, up at the, the Dome. And we just could not stop them. They were just running, running, running down their throats. And it is demoralizing. It's the worst feeling. Everyone's looking at each other like, like, what's going on? What's happening? Who's going to be the first one to step up to make the plays? And the coaches are scratching their head. It's just, it is not a good feeling to be on that side of the ball. And oh, by the way, Rutgers had that struggle against Illinois, Eric. I mean, they couldn't stop them. And their quarterback mm-hmm. in that in that situation. Uh, but how about, I mean, Sean Gleason, um, you know, Nova, Noah Vedrill can't go. You know, Sean Gleason did a great job utilizing two quarterbacks. We're talking about Johnny Langan, but, but how about Art Zikowski? Uh Two touchdown passes. I mean, he played well. Assess his game. He sure did. And I always look at, I've been watching Gleason because I've learned, you know, being as a player and being around in those meetings, the first 15 scripted plays of the game, you want to go smoothly on the offensive side. You want them to go as smooth as possible, and that's what happened for Art. Those first 15 plays that they had scripted with Leeson in him were perfect because you see that they were able to go down the field and score two touchdowns in those drives and things of that nature. And I was like, okay, Art, he looked good back there. He looked precise. He knew where he where they were going with the ball, a little fake roll out to the right, throw it back to Shameen Jones for his second touchdown of the game stuff like that in that third down situation, throwing two inside routes and then the, the seven routes to uh, the corner to the uh, the corner of the pylon. That's just, it was just perfectly uh, designed. And I'm sitting here up there watching it. I'm just like, Art is hitting on all levels right now with this, these first 15 plays. Let's see, you know, how it's going to go, you know, for the rest of the game. Things obviously slowed down a little bit, but the Scarlet's going to halftime. They made a few adjustments, and they came back to look, what looked like a totally different game plan that Purdue was just not ready to adjust to. And that's Eric, how Taylor 2 has. How it, just, it can change just like that. Mm-hmm. Eric, how about the skilled players who are now really shining? Um, the quarterbacks have some guys around them that they can share the ball with. I know Bo Melton gets a lot of the uh, the headlines and, and with – 
um, and he should because he's a terrific talent. But you mentioned Shameen Jones had two touchdowns on Saturday. Aaron Crookshank has really given them a lift. Oh, how about the uh, kickoff return that really changed momentum again in the second half when it looked like it was going to go south again? And, and of course, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Aaron Young, Karon Adams, you've got some guys now, some skilled players that are holdovers from the previous regime. I'm, I'm just thinking down the road when, when Coach Fiano is able to knock off some really, you know, extra talented recruits that hopefully he's, he's in the process of doing, um, that his system is working and this, this Gleason has been uh, a revelation. You just have to hope now that somebody doesn't sop him up with a biscuit at the end of the year, because this guy really has an amazing uh, offensive mind. So talk about the nice stable of uh, skill position players that are, that are showing up on Saturdays. It's, it's crazy with night and day with, well, you know, really, really good coaching, as you mentioned, with Gleason can do with a team that averaged 5.8 points a game or 5.7 points a game last year in the Big Ten, just 30.8 points a game this year. Yeah, obviously, some transfers here and there, but the guys are there, Shameen Jones, Bo Melton, Isaiah Pacheco, Aaron Young, those main guys, Karen Adams, they were all there last year. Noah obviously added to the picture this year, but they found a way with Johnny Lang, and they found a way with our guys that they used last year as well. To see them in this offense flourishing, it's it's amazing. It just shows that these guys had the ability. They had the capabilities. They had the God gifted talent to go out there and perform. They just needed to be put in the right set, you know, mindset in the right, you know, offense so they can actually go out there and excel and use their talent. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And we're getting to see them as mentioned, Bo Mountain doing absolutely amazing. But Shameen Jones. It's been huge for him, a, big, a great compliment receiver to Bo Melton. And then Krishank, being able to put him on the special teams. And now the teams know, well, we always knew that he can hit it head on the goalpost on any given kickoff return. We were just waiting for it to happen. And we finally got to see it on display. And I bet you right now, three more uh, teams are now going to be worried about, oh, geez, he finally did it again. We better watch out when we prepare for this guy. So it's just been amazing. I know Pacheco, too, when he... When he gets off and running and he gets that ball 15, 20 times, good things happen. So there's just such a stable of guys that they can go to, which I'm really excited about. Well, that was a great win for sure. Uh, we'll put it in the rearview mirror because, oh, by the way, Penn State coming up uh, <laughs> this Saturday. Let's get a quick word in from our sponsor, LG Insurance. And we'll be back after this to talk Penn State. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. All right, we're back on RU Review, sponsored by LG Insurance. We have Eric Legrand here, the color analyst for Rutgers Radio. And Penn State, this week, noon kickoff. I like what Shiano said, Eric. We're not Penn State's rival because we haven't given them a reason. And I like the uh, the motivation there. He's basically saying there's no rivalry until there's a competitive game. And there just there really lately hasn't been competitive games. Uh, but that could be very different this year. And uh, that's what uh, that's what Shiano wants to instill here. He wants to say, hey, uh, we're not going to be the pushover. Uh, we're going to come at you. We're going to have to be respected now. I feel like coming in and 
just dominating Rutgers, just putting up 78 nothing months. Like, those days are over with. I truly believe that. And Coach Shannon's going to have these guys ready and prepare for that. If you want to make this into a rivalry game, you got to win it. You got to have those. You got to pull out tight, tight games. You got to make it all coming down to the last minute, and everyone's all excited and do something. They pull out wins. So they, there's scholar guys. Obviously, have a lot of work to do, but I believe that the potential is there to truly make this something special that we can enjoy year after year after year. Hey, they have more wins than Penn State does. They have two, and Penn State's coming in with just one, and I, that's never happened. But they are 28-2, and two, Penn State against Rutgers. But I think, Eric, and you can speak to it as a former athlete. I can only speak to it from my observations of watching the game for so many years and, and being involved on the media side. That confidence that Penn State had year in and year out was because they, they were a good team. Now they're questioning themselves. Now they may sit and talk at the training table. Hey, we got them, Rutgers. We own them. You know, they they don't. They're not us. We're Penn State. But deep inside, they know they're not Penn State this year. And this is a great opportunity. Rutgers had a chance against Michigan, couldn't finish it. But this is a great opportunity to pick up another win. Uh, and I don't know that it'll happen. But I know who's playing with more confidence, and it's the team that calls New Brunswick and Piscataway home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this these guys right now are definitely no, you know, saying like we can't sit like this isn't a walkover pushover game for us, a get back on track type of game, you know, or continue the momentum type of game. They're gonna have to be paired. They're gonna have their hands full for an entire game, sixty minutes, and if you need to play more minutes, they'll be their hands will be full throughout the entire day on Saturday. And Rutgers, they they know what it's been like. Some of those guys are on that team that have been blown out by Penn State before have felt, you know, the highs and lows of, of you know, what it comes from playing this team. And let's just call it spade spade. The recruiting implications that come out of this game, obviously the coaches don't talk about that to the players, but the coaches talk about that amongst themselves. The guys that you're recruiting all the time, guys that you played against or played with growing up, or, you know, Penn State's not too far away. So I feel like, you know, you want to win these games. You want to be a part of, you know, of a tradition where you can say, you know what, and my years at Rutgers, you know, we went back and forth the best. We beat them all four years, stuff like that. These uh, these guys have a chance now to have never beat Penn State, to go out there and, and have that opportunity. And say, even if Penn State is down, I don't care. It is still Penn State, and you want to beat them. Eric, along those lines, uh, when you were playing in your playing days, was there was there one uniform, was there one helmet, was there one team that just sort of gave you that, Oh man, do I want to beat these guys? It would make you see red. Uh, and and I don't know back uh, back then. Did you when you were there? Did you play against Penn State mm-hmm. at the time? And if so, was it rough? As you said, you know when you're doing your uh, pregame warmups out on the field, seeing guys from Jersey uh, in the uh, the blue and white of the Penn State uniform. I mean, how t- difficult was that? Seeing, I remember back in the day. Uh, I think it was Dick Anderson said he was going to put a fence around New Jersey to keep Joe Paterno from pouching, uh, poaching all of his players. So, uh, first of all, was the one school that really made you up your game? And if so, was it Penn State? Uh, well, I get to, unfortunately, I did not get to play against Penn State. I was in the old Big East. So, it was, uh, you know, West Virginia, Louisville, South Florida. Okay. Those were the games that, you know, I played in. The game that would always get me, us because usually it was on like a Thursday night or something with South Florida. It was just something about South Florida. We had a lot, actually back then we had a lot of Florida guys on our team. 
Okay. So it was like they, they were playing against a lot of guys that they played against. But I don't know you guys remember how good South Florida used to be back then. With George Selby and Jason Pierre Paul and Yes. And I believe was PJ Daniels was their quarterback and Was that Skip Holtz? Was he the coach then? Yeah. So they were back back then, to back in oh six, oh seven. They were on a couple they were a number two team in the country in oh seven. You know, so when every time we got to play uh, South Florida, they used to always talk a bunch of junk to us. I'll never forget in the 09. They sent a film of them talking junk, uh, JPP, and everybody just talking so much junk. And we ended up, I think, beating them like 31 nothing or something. It was such <laughs> a great feeling on the Thursday night on the national TV in front of everybody. So that was really awesome. So this Saturday, what to do about quarterback? I mean, coach says uh, Noah is progressing. I mean, you ride Sikowski and Langan again. I mean, you got to figure, Leon, the Langan Express is not going to happen. I mean, Penn State's, their line is bigger. It's more physical. I mean, it, it, on a surprise, uh, well, it's not much of a surprise when he comes in. I mean, he can he, he just won't be able to ball them over like he did in the second half against Purdue. I almost think, Eric, that if Noah Vedrill can go, it might be better to go. I mean, he played very well against uh, Michigan. And I think it might be better to just go back to to Noah Vedral if, he, if he's if so so it's not so okay. Sikowski comes in, they're passing. Langan comes in, they're running. You know, it, it did work for a week against Purdue, but I think Vedral going back uh, might be the best scenario. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, if he's healthy, he's got to be back. If he's healthy, he can go out there. He's got to be the guy that goes out there and leads them. You know, or like I said, he did a great job in the in the beginning. You know, his first. He drives, he's awesome. And then he started, you know, just digress a little bit as the game started to settle in or the defense started to get a little grasp on what he was doing. And that's when they switched it up at halftime and went with a little bit more Johnny Langan package. But if Noah's healthy, healthy after coming off that Michigan game, he's got to be back out there the way he was making decisions, passing the ball, he can run the ball. He just has a very good control on the offense. Art has, I think, a, a better ball than Noah, that's for sure. Art, mm-hmm. when he throws it, it looks very pretty. Mm-hmm. But Noah's out there. He has, I believe, a better control of the offense. So if he's healthy, he's definitely got to be the guy. Uh, pretty good team, Penn State, I, I think, still. I, we, we know they had their struggles, but they they got their feet under them against Michigan. Um, you know, they, it was it's strange. You know, they, were, they played uh, Ohio State tough, and then they were – terrible against Maryland, Nebraska, and Iowa. It's like, who is this team? But you'd saw more of Penn State uh, going into Michigan. I mean, Michigan's having their struggles, but look, uh, they uh, they played a, pr- a very good game. I mean, they do have a, a pretty good uh, a quarterback in Sean Clifford. He's a guy you know, maybe Noah Vedral with a little better arm. He can throw. He's not a burn, not a burner, but he can run a little bit too. And also, we got to understand that uh, uh, Kevon Lee had a breakout game, 134 yards and a TD against uh, Michigan. So the running game looked good. This team looks like they're getting their feet under them a little bit, uh, uh, Eric. Um, so uh, uh, what are the keys for Rutgers to to, to move the ball and, and figure this figure Penn State out? Well, on, on, on the defensive side, they got to be able to stop the run. Purdue came out swinging with their right back last weekend. Mm-hmm. And he, he brushed for over a billion, 160 yards or so. So Rutgers got to get – there, you know, to be able to stop the run first. That's the big thing. And a lot of times the defensive line is getting penetration into the backfield, but they're getting so, sometimes so much penetration that it's opening up gaps and linebackers aren't able to get over the top fast enough and it's just creating a lot of space. So they just got to be able to, you know, play play together as like one, one, one sound. And that's what the 
the defense needs to stop the running or when Penn State is there. They're going to try to pound it down Rutgers' throat, not that, and then take their chances in a passing game when they present themselves. But they got to stop the running. Now, offensively, they got to mix. They got to mix it up. Still, you know, you're going to have your your run plays and your pass plays. But you know, those I love those. You know, run run all the way to the right, throw it back to the left, little jet sweeps. You know, to the open side of the field where you can you know you know have them to create some space. You know, little screen passes here and there, just to keep Penn State off the balance. You know, you don't want them to figure out exactly what you're doing. If you can keep a team off the balance for you know majority of the game, usually on the offensive side, you you find a lot of success that way. Eric, last one for me. You talked about the defense has to stop the run and and uh, make sure that they don't get off to a fast start. One one of the constants on defense this year has been the stellar play of Olakunle Fadukasi. Um, talk about him and and what he brings to the table, not only in run stoppage, but also in uh, dropping back in his pass coverages as well. Yeah, Fadukasi flies around in the Coach Shannon's defense. There's always that one linebacker like that we have seen in the past that flies around and make plays at a la Kasim Green, two-time, two-time Big East uh, Defensive Player of the Year. You know, and oh, this is Fadukasi. He flies around. He's always in the right position, whether it's setting the edges of defense or filling the holes, dropping back in the pass covers, covering the tight end, the man-to-man, or in his own defense, blitzing. He literally does it all. He does, like he doesn't come off the field. And when you got guys that you can rely on like that, that are going out there and getting it done week in and week out, I mean, it just gives the your defensive coordinator so much more confidence knowing that, hey, all right, if we get caught in this position, I know I have a guy out there that can make a play for us. Fadakasi's doing that week in and week out. Leading tackler in the Big Ten. So it sure is. He yeah, sure absolutely. is. And so, play on Sundays. Yeah, no, right now I believe he's uh, he's in the, one of the semifinals for the Dick Buckets Award, I believe. Wow. Was it? Yeah, wow. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. For him. Absolutely. You love this that's the stuff you love to see. You love to see it. Eric um he's a Belichick kind of a player, doesn't he? And they do it all. The more you can do, the better. Eric, staying on the defense, I mean, the teams have been able to throw on Rutgers uh, this year. Um, you know, the big, uh, big uh, interception by Torre on Saturday, that was huge. So they do, they do make a play here and there. But, uh, you know, the coverage has been, you know, it's been dismal at times. It was, you know, the struggle against Michigan. You know, Cade McNamara came in and just, you know, ripped apart that you know, uh, uh, the secondary. So uh, what are your thoughts there? Where, what, what are, why are they struggling? You know, it was, uh, I think a mixture of just learning how to play this uh, Graciano and Ralph Smith defense. A lot of times you get caught in a lot of man-to-man coverage. Mm-hmm. So these guys are learning on the fly because they didn't get to really go through their spring ball and through a training camp. So now they're learning sometimes they're going to be on islands by themselves. And, you know, sometimes they do a good job and other times, they may not. They might get burned. They might get guys behind them. I feel like fit, as a, as the defensive backs, they're figuring out exactly what it needs to be. Then all, all obviously, a lot of teams are trying to find mismatches. Izian is not the biggest guy back there at safety, so when he's got to come up and cover tight ends, you know, Michigan went to that with all. They were finding ways to get him on Christian Izian and just box him out and plays like that, or just step in front of him. You know, so the scholar Knights are going to have to figure out how they can get these DBs, you know, trained as fast as possible to do their job. And they are getting better. And they're getting a mixture of young guys coming in there, like a Max Melted, who's done a good job as well. Avery Young did had a hell of a game, even though 
I'm sorry, uh, Trey Avery had a hell of a game, even though they gave they didn't call that one pass interference on him with Bell. Yeah, I think he did very good versus Purdue. And also being able to contain Rondell Moore and Bell last game without letting him get loose too much. Yeah. I think they're getting better mm-hmm. week in and week out. But McNamara did shred them a little bit. I think he gave them a little bit of a wake-up call. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we can't allow these many big plays in the game. Well, the kickoff is uh, this Saturday at noon at SHI Stadium. Uh, it's Penn State and Rutgers. Uh, Eric, thank you for uh, for joining us again. It's uh, always a pleasure having you on the show. We hope to have you on uh, later uh, later in the season. Well, it's, like it's getting pretty late, so maybe you know, the next couple of weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about. Can't wait to join you guys a little bit more. And thank you again, Steve, for the fundraiser. It's been it's just been amazing and. Let's keep it up, guys. Absolutely. It's a lot of, lot of pint glasses, a lot more pint glasses than I thought were sold, and it's it's really fantastic. So now we got to pack all those pint glasses. So I'll, I'll definitely give you a call uh, uh, when when we start uh, packaging everything for sure, uh, Eric. For sure. I appreciate okay. it, guys. All right. a big win this weekend. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks Eric. All right, man. Be well. That is Rucker's color analyst for the radio side, Eric Legrand. And, uh, Big game this week, guys. I mean, it's always, listen, uh, Shiano says it's not a rivalry, but, you know, for Rutgers fans, it certainly feels like it. you want to beat Penn State. You want to finally beat Penn State. Seems like it's a good opportunity for them this year. Um, but, you know, we saw what happened with Michigan. They stayed with them but didn't get it done. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens this Saturday. But uh, uh, but for just for recruiting, Matt, it's, it's pretty important to at least – you know, be competitive in these games and not to get blown out. Well, absolutely. And they've shown that they're improved. So as I've said throughout what Chiano and his staff are doing after each and every game saying, look, you can see it. We're better. You player that we're recruiting are going to make us even better. And you can be part of the resurrection, but a win like this uh, on Saturday, would just move the needle so much. So it is a very important game. Yeah. Shiano is motivating the team by saying we're not in their class. I think he's also, it's a double-edged sword. I think he's also lowering the expectations because he saw what happened going into the Michigan game. This is our year. We can beat them. They're down and they couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. So he's doing both. I think he's motivating his team, but he's also putting out to the public. We're not quite there yet. That's on us to get there. But if it happens on Saturday, Guess what? He won't be calling his wife. Well, she'll be at the stadium, I presume. But they'll be calling recruits. On the way home, they're going to be on the phone with recruits. They'll be in the office late hours calling the recruits to see what happened. And, you know, James Franklin's had a very good run at Penn State. He just hasn't been able to get them to that elite status. I don't think that he's in any danger of losing his job, but big-time college athletics does leave you scratching your head at times. But it doesn't take long, except for the real diehard Penn State wannabe student-athlete in central Pennsylvania. It doesn't take long to turn the switch. And and Franklin knows that. He knows that, Mm -hmm. you know, Shiano is a formidable recruiter, Rutgers will be uh, a force in a couple of years, whether or not they can rise to that level of Ohio State, Michigan, and yes, even Penn State on a regular basis, I don't know. But they're going to be tooth- going tooth and nail for recruits, that's for sure. So it, it's a huge game, both on the field and off the field. And hey, by the way, 
it's still possible that Rutgers can get a bowl bid. I know that yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah. Sounds crazy. Yeah, I think I think you're right. <laughs> I think can. I think Franklin's going to This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Franklin's going to want to Franklin's going to want to make a point. There's no no doubt about that because he'll get territorial with because, you know, recruiting is important in this area. So, um, you know, it certainly feels like a rivalry game. And I got to tell you, man, just seeing what Shiano's done and seeing the the locker room afterwards and him having fun with his guys in the locker room and the energy. And even on the sideline when Johnny Langan was running all over the place on against Purdue and you see Art Sikowski jumping up and down, man, it's just like these guys are playing for each other. It's just really, it's really cool to see. Now, I've done my share whining and because I wanted those games that you know the Illinois game the Michigan game were right in hand you just talked about bowl games Matt I mean they you know those games that that would it's pretty much sealed it but hey that that's 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 uh uh gone now but uh I tell you what it was a really exciting exciting second half man against uh, Steve, it's infectious oh man you can it, see it. I thought that yeah. uh, I sent that tweet to you guys of the of the locker room afterwards. I thought Gianna was going to separate his shoulders. That was great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was and I forgot to right. credit you, Johnny, for sending that. I wouldn't even seen it if you didn't send it. It's great. Yeah, it was a it was great fun. clip. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't you think he's not sending that to recruits? I mean, that's going out yeah. all over the place to recruits. And and I have to say, on a on a personal note, Steve, I I, I feel I don't want to say I feel sorry for you, but. You have been sitting at SHI Stadium and whatever it was called before last year, and they got the naming rights for many, many moons, not only as a student, but as a season ticket holder. And when when the season's getting turned around, the program is turning around a little bit. Unfortunately, you and the student body can't be there. Yeah. And I, I feel for you because you would be all over that and you wouldn't have to apologize to your lovely wife, Sandy, that you're going to a football game. She'd say you're going to see that garbage team. Say, no, we're winning now. <laughs> right, right. Totally different reason to go. I, mean, I, yeah, I go yeah. either. I go win or lose. I'm there and it's been for years, but this is much more exciting, obviously. And, oh, uh, and, and you know, which, so what Shiana's doing is really. I mean, and I've said that all along. I mean, I know I got a little, I got a little hot over the, uh, over the Illinois Michigan games because it was in, in hand there. It was, uh, but uh, it didn't happen. And uh, but you know that was a great win on Saturday. Really was, and it's just, just a different team. Uh, and uh, you know, there's going to be hit or misses. I mean, I know I got on Gleason too a little bit for a play here and a play there. That's what fans do. But he did a great job on Saturday. I mean, just he's be, a great coach. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Wonders at Princeton. Yes. He had the one year at Oak State. Yep. He is a great offensive mind. All right. Let's so hope they get a hold on to him, right, guys? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, eventually somebody will be knocking. Yeah, that'll no happen. Gonna, it happens. But, get another year out of him. Yeah, that would be huge. Uh, Rutgers needs continuity there. I mean, it's one and done every year. It's crazy. So they definitely need continuity there. That's so hopefully, hopefully he'll stay for a little while. Anyway, um, yeah, he's doing a great job, but uh, big, big challenge. I mean, because Penn State's kind of getting their feet under them, and they're they're they they played well against Michigan. So, uh, I think they're a, a different team coming in than that lousy team that was playing against you know Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa. Just who, what was going on there? They just just were just weren't the same team. So we'll see on Saturday noon kickoff SHI. Uh, stadium. Anybody who's interested in the um, pint glasses that we were talking about, just go to beachhousebeer.com uh, and you just click on the link for the store and it's right there in front of you. Uh, so that was, that's been unbelievable, guys. Remember, I told you about that and I thought, you know, I, I, I ordered 192, thought, okay, man, well, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get rid of all those. And they just been, it's just been incredible. We're on our third order. We're going to sell like, probably sell like over 600 of these glasses when it's all said and done, maybe 700. That's outstanding. 700. And, and all the proceeds. And all of it, all of it. We're, take, we're taking out the shipping. Research. 
we're just taking out what, what, what the shipping costs us and the packaging costs us and all the rest goes to uh, the, uh, the Christopher, Dana and Christopher Ree Foundation. Or is it the Christopher and Dana Reef Foundation? They asked us. We, we switched it. We had it uh, uh, juxtaposed or whatever, and they they asked us to switch it back. So whatever, it's it's going to, it's going to them, and um, under Team Legrand. So uh, pretty exciting, and it's been a great so far. Much better fundraiser than I than I thought it would be. And of course, uh, you know our our sponsor on this show sponsored the glasses as well uh, as well. That's uh, Aaron at uh, LG Insurance. So a big thank you to him. And uh, we'll uh, we'll and close Beach it. Beach House too, and be and Beach House uh, Brewery uh, too. So um, and you know we're still open all uh, all uh, holiday season. So come see us at Beach House, and they're going to be available to you can come pick them up at Beach House too. We'll have a we'll have a few of them there. So I'll have a few for you guys. I know you want them as well. So um, we'll have a few at the store too. So you can come to Beach House Brewery and, and pick them up. Uh, so again, Penn State. Noon kickoff, and that'll do it for uh, this week's show. I want to thank Eric Legrand, the color analyst for uh, Rutgers football, uh, Matt Lachlan, John McAlevey. I'm Steve Titchener. Check out our podcast. Uh, we're on iHeart. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify or anywhere where you find uh, your podcast. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'll catch all next week on the RU Review. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.